Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. This is the Finding Backcountry Podcast, episode number 17 with my younger brother, Jason Whitwer. YOLO. And he is happy to be here. <laughs> Always. I had another podcast fall through, and so we uh, he happened to be in town, and this was a good opportunity just to get him back on the podcast. Um, we uh, Today, Jason found out that he got offered a full-time firefighter job, so everyone send Jason... Uh, congratulations message on social media at hubba3 on instagram and tell hubba him underscore underscore three. three and tell him congratulations he's he's now fully full-time employed i know his wife's happy <laughs> more, and more money for her to spend <laughs> the best part about that is the scheduling he's gonna have is would you say two on and four off yep yeah, you firefighters, I feel bad. So he'll take a couple days off in the fall and have like, you know, 10 straight days off or yeah. something. If I take off one shift, which is two days, I have 10 days off in a row. If I take off two shifts. So as if he didn't hunt enough <laughs> already, that's perfect. <laughs> so um, no, so today, real quick, we're just going to knock out. Um, we scratched down some notes and brainstormed. Uh, this time of year, applying for hunts is uh, a big topic, and everyone's uh, probably strategizing and you know considering what hunts they can draw. And maybe you've got some questions on how we um, break down and go through, especially out of state hunts, how we decide uh, what hunts to put in for, where and when and why, and you know, when, when it's a go for us and, you know, and when we might not apply for a hunt. So, um, you know, it's not a science, uh, every situation I think is, is going to be different. Uh, but that being said, um, we put together what I think is a pretty good, uh, little, you know, some tips and tricks here that you can use, uh, for the upcoming and, and even past applications. Now, um, I'm looking at, the deadline dates for each of the states and the different species. And actually today is the 31st, the last day of the month of January, the day that we're recording this. It probably won't, you won't listen to this until uh, Monday, the first day uh, of February there. But the deadline for Wyoming elk is today, January 31st. And I'll just rattle off the upcoming uh, deadlines here for all the species and states so you guys can have a good idea of what's coming up and when you need to get your applications in. Um, Arizona is the next uh, elk and antelope. That is for Arizona. The deadline's February 13th. Uh, Wyoming sheep, moose, and goat applications have to be in by February 28th. Um, Utah, all species in Utah would have to be in by March 1st. And that, so that's open right now. I know the Utah one is because we'll be putting in ours. 
Montana elk and deer application deadline is March 15th. New Mexico all species deadline is March 21st. Colorado all species deadline is April 3rd. Nevada all species deadline is April 16th. And I think like Colorado and Nevada aren't open yet. Um, New Mexico is, I believe. So most of these from here on out aren't even, you know, you can't apply yet. Idaho, sheep, moose, and goat, April 30th deadline. Montana, sheep, moose, and goat, May 1st deadline. Oregon, for those that hunt Oregon, all species deadline is May 15th. Washington, all species deadline, May 16th. Uh, Wyoming deer and antelope May 31st and some of these all of these I think are relative to non-residents because uh, some states are different like Wyoming elk for example if you're a resident of Wyoming the application I think stays open until like May 31st like all the others but the non-resident deadline was today uh, Montana antelope is June 1st. I don't know why they split out single species sometimes. It's kind of weird, but California, all species, June 2nd. Make sure you don't miss that one. The California <laughs> I always look draw. To the California yeah. draw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some things I'd like to hunt in California. Um, Idaho, elk, deer, and antelope is June 5th. And then the last one every year is Arizona, sheep, and deer is June 12th, which I think is so late. And so I, every year I'm like, you could be scouting on June 12th. Like guys are out looking at deer and like, yep, I've got my tag and I'm going to shoot that deer by June 12th almost. <laughs> and you don't even know if you drew a tag in Arizona. Yeah. But so anyway, that's just rattling off the dates. Um, if you, you know, you can play that back and write down what hunts you're looking at or states or whatever. But um, the first thing we want to talk about is just kind of our point strategy. And I say strategy, it's not it's not that official. We've never like it's not like we've written anything down and it's not like we have some, you know, system that we live and die by, but generally speaking, um and this this actually applies more to elk I think in the western US because typically elk tags, especially the premium ones take more points to draw. And so quite a few years back, we kind of, you know, talked about this little system or theory that, you know, we're, we're going to break down elk hunts into three main categories. And the first one is kind of that one to three year range, meaning it only takes one to three points. Or like an over counter. Or even the over the counter. Yep. Uh, the next category would be, well, and so an example of like a no point to one to three point would be obviously like Idaho elk over the counter. Utah general. Utah general over the counter. We know that if worst case scenario, we had no other tags and no other hunts, we can always go pull an Idaho over the counter elk tag, or we could go pull a Utah or a over the counter uh, bull tag and go go try our luck um and so th those are kind of our backups usually is like if we don't have a good hunt that we're going to draw that year we don't have you know something going on then we'll pick one of those up or yeah i mean same goes for deer yeah in idaho i mean they've got awesome tags in idaho over the counter so there was a weird year where we didn't get nevada or utah right. 
or anything else, then we'd fall back on Idaho. Right. And so, and that's the point is, you know, Nevada deer, especially if you're a non-resident, um, even if you're willing to now, even if you're willing to put in for some of the easier to draw hunts that still have a decent quality hunt, um, it, it's not, they tags used to be available in the leftover draw, but now it's taken you two to four years or whatever. Yeah. And With so all the tag cuts, it's, it's right. kind of a lot, a lot harder to draw. Right. So even in these, you know, some of these states that it's not real hard to draw tags, deer tags might still take, you know, two to four points. Um, but, but back to the elk. So on the elk, we'll have a, a zero to three category and then maybe a four to six, um, four to six is tough nowadays with elk. It seems like, it seems like most States are either over the counter, all opportunity, or it takes you 15 years to draw a tag. Yeah. I mean, there's tags you can get for four to six points. They're just, they're kind of going to be, they're going to be a step above like an over the counter hunt. But I yeah. mean, expect to kill like a three twenty bull or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, what Wyoming is probably still a good example, even though point creep is getting kind of bad in Wyoming. Um, it's still if you're willing to go hunt uh, hard and get off the road, I I believe that you can pick up even just the general elk tag in Wyoming and be hunting, you know, two ninety to three twenty bulls. And and yeah. most guys, that's that's great. In fact, I would recommend those type of hunts. Uh, if you plan on drawing your, uh, you know, 20 year premium Utah limited entry elk tag on the San Juans or whatever, um, don't make that your first hunt of your life. When you're, this is the first time you've had a tag, you know, pick up a, an over the counter Idaho tag every couple of years and then have three or four or five bonus points for Wyoming elk and go pick that up. Um, you know, so that you can get that experience. And then obviously the last category for elk we're, we're kind of classifying is like that seven plus plus seven and beyond. And those are, those are hunts that either just naturally take longer, um, or are super high quality, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Arizona, uh, some, the better units in Wyoming, better units in Wyoming, better units in Colorado. I mean, we're, we're kind of, holding out for something good in Wyoming. We've got over seven points. So right. we're, and at that point, you know, not that we're not happy shooting anything, but you just like to feel like you're getting your bang for your buck on your points. And, you know, so with, with eight points now, and I don't know if we'll, I don't think we're going to apply this year. So we'll have nine going into next year. We're looking for a hunt where we can go hunt three thirty bulls. You know, that that's just kind of three fifty. Okay. Three fifty. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Three ninety. You know, 400 would be nice. Um, so, yeah, we're looking for that that 400-incher. I don't know if Montana or Wyoming grows too many of those, but I'm sure they have them. I'll find them. If they do, we'll find you, and we, we will find you, and we will pull Liam Neeson, and we will kill you. Um, our llamas will pack you out. Yeah. So that's really the first broadest, like, like high view of what we're looking at is, okay, just – Looking forward and being able to say we're gonna we've got to start building points for Arizona and Nevada because we always want to hunt there and they have huge bulls or quality hunts and then you know we're gonna start picking up uh, Wyoming elk points for fifty bucks in the summer they let you buy fifty dollar bonus point for elk so that in you know four years I can go draw the general tag and get some experience and then I'm also just gonna start hunting the 
Idaho over the counter this year to really get my feet wet. And that's kind of like our just general point strategy. The next thing that we look at when we're trying to decide a hunt to draw um, is just generally when these hunts take place. And I know that sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised, and we've even done this, you'd be surprised how many times you're like, yeah, I'm going to draw this tag in this state, and you throw in your application. And then a month later, you say, oh, I'm going to draw this. Maybe I'll draw this tag in this state. And you maybe pull a tag that you didn't think you would draw. And then all of a sudden, you've got three hunts in the month of September in two you know, two different states or whatever. Yeah, I remember, I think I told you last year after hunting, I think I had three three deer tags in Utah, Nevada, and Colorado yeah. all within a month. And I told you after, I'm like, I'm not doing that again because you can't, you can't it, put the time that it deserves into that hunt. And so you're just kind of half in every hunt. I was told one of the dads messaged in and said, I love your guys' podcast because I can listen to it with my boy <laughs> and don't have to worry about bad language. And from then on, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't a not swear. Don't, <laughs> I just hadn't, I hadn't used a cuss word yet. But ever uh, since then, I'm like, like feeling so noble i'm like yeah like we're a non-swearing podcast so we'll keep it rolling but it's okay aaron snyder the other day he was uh he 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 held back yeah. he'd be like yeah that's a piece of crap, crap. <laughs> love you Aaron. love you um so weapon choices relative to the to you know just general dates that the hunts take place and being able to to realize that you know if i draw a Nevada elk tag this year, yes, it opens August what 26th or something like that, usually 22nd, but and it ends on the 15th of September. I'm not even gonna really take that serious until the last two weeks of the hunt. And so just being able to map out what months you have you have tags that you have a legitimate chance of drawing. You know, Nevada archery deer, for example, though, is a bet is a different story because it opens on the 10th. We we would prefer to hunt the first seven or 10 days anyway. And there is nothing else going on for that from the 10th to the 17th, you know, in, mm-hmm. in August. So that's one that we can draw every year and not worry about. But just be cognizant of when hunts take place, you know, maybe instead of doing three archery deer permits for three different states that are all in August and September, you do a one a rifle in October and one a you know a rifle uh, archery in August and then you try and draw a late season November tag or something so that's why things like Utah dedicated hunter are so awesome because you can yeah I mean you I basically know. have three months to hunt same with Wyoming you can hunt archery and come back for rifle yes now that is a good point of something that we are super high on we will go out of our way to try and draw tags that give us multiple options especially because we're not weapon specific. I will hunt them with a muzzle loader or a slingshot. I don't care as long as I can draw the tag. And so like that Wyoming deer tag where you can hunt for two weeks, the first two weeks of September with your bow. And then if you don't kill, you show right back up the, the very next day on the 16th yeah. with your rifle. Which is exactly what we did. Exactly. Two years basically ago. what we did two years ago. And so, you know, going back to the, the dedicated hunter, I'm not sure if a lot of people know about the dedicated hunter in Utah or really understand how sweet it is, but it's the, the service hours. It's a yeah, lot. Let's not talk. About that. 
Which it, I'm now going into my third year of dedicated, yeah. and I haven't done a lick of yeah, hours. So it's, it's 32 service hours over the three years. So you don't do any the first year. The second year, 16 hours. The third year, 16 hours. And that's a lot. I mean, that's like a Saturday or two. But there is an option to buy your hours back, too, yeah. which I learned that the hard way a couple of years back. I needed, I was like... 10 hours short or something. And yeah. it's like, I think 20, 20, 20 bucks an hour. But anyway, <laughs> the point of that is there's tags like that. The Nevada or the Utah dedicated hunter. If you draw, you can hunt archery for the whole season, muzzle order for the whole muzzle order season and rifle for the whole rifle season, which is nice. If you're playing the different state, multi-state, multi-species game. Another option to Arizona buy an over the counter archery tag. You can hunt January, August, and December. Right. For some of those units open back up in December. Just opens up some options for spread out the time. Heck, with those two tags right there, you could cover the month of January, the month of August, September, October, and December. (laughs) With just those two tags, you could be hunting five months. You can only kill two deer, obviously, but legally. Don't don't kill opening day because then it's. So now let's get into like literally choosing a unit. And the first thing that we want to talk about is kind of the online social media forum conversation. And it was surprising as we talked, but but honestly, this is the first thing that really will get us interested in a unit. And I hate to say it, but it's simple as just keeping your eyes open throughout the course of a hunting season or a couple of hunting seasons and watching what guys are dumb enough to post on social media and on forums and when they say where what state they're in or even what unit they're in which is crazy um don't don't do that um but but eventually you start seeing patterns and you know if you you know oh every time you there's a social media buck and he goes 195 and someone posts that this is in, you know, whatever, Colorado or Wyoming. And then you see another one and then you see another one and it starts peaking guys' interest. And it doesn't take a lot beyond that. Once I know that a certain state is popping big bucks or big bulls to really narrow down and figure out probably, you know, within a couple of units, which one it is just, just, you know, by common sense. Yeah. Um, and so that's just the honest truth. Uh, taking a heartbeat of what's going on on social media, I will screenshot guys pictures that say, Oh yeah, I killed this huge buck in Arizona. I will screenshot that. And I'll just every, you know how people are, they go back through your phone every so often, your pictures and it's like, come across that and you go, Oh, Oh Yeah. And then you see another one like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And there's I've got four bucks screenshotted that are all from the state of Arizona. I'm like, man, I got to be down there hunting that strip or kind of bad or whatever, you know. Like, I didn't know. I had no idea there was such huge bucks on the strip. <laughs> but, and but I'm, I'm, I'm joking I a little bit. But like an example is um, I'd say the over-the-counter tags in Arizona. Never heard about them in my life. Then people start posting all these pictures about, you know, killing good bucks on these over-the-counter hunts. And I'm like, why hmm. am I not doing that? Hmm. And here I'm sitting, and I'm still wondering, why am I not doing that? Yeah. But So there you go. People are going to be pissed uh, that hunt these units. and But we're, we're not – I mean, these are just generic 
units and states. We're just throwing them out there. But the point is, is you can get a pretty good idea of, of, you know, where good quality hunts are coming from. Forums are even worse. In my opinion, guys seem to just, they, they feel like they're, they're typing only to their family on hunting forums. And eventually you just see guys like, oh yeah, this was my, you know, 076 Northern Nevada bull elk tag, you know, and I killed this 370 and you're just like, man, like, you know, and, and, and we don't get me wrong. We talk about some of the hunts that we go on and, and it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not saying to be super secretive if you don't want to. And I'm not saying, you know, to be snooping around too much, uh, but you know, it, it just huh. is what it is. It's well, not if I think everyone knows this, but Nevada, they post the results on the website. Yeah. Nevada's terrible. Which, I hate the state of Nevada for that, but there's a chance they might be changing it because I know they're updating the website. Yeah. So who knows? But still. So that will get us uh, you know, not that that's the only thing that we look at, but that's just one one thing that we filter through and decide, hey, maybe I do want to go hunt the state of Wyoming or Colorado or Idaho or Arizona or whatever. Um, the next the next thing that I want to talk about is kind of breaking it down from there. And I have a little system that I do when I decide that I want to hunt, you know, a species in a certain state. Let's say my this Wyoming elk tag, for example, because I've, I've spent days and days researching this, um, thinking that I might be applying. And so what I do is I use two different programs. The first one is a go hunt. Uh, they're not obviously not a sponsor of this podcast. You didn't hear any ads uh, listening. Um, but I, I, I love what they've got. The only thing that their filter lacks in my opinion that I would like is roads and where the roads are. Um, also, I would like to be able to see, especially for a state like Wyoming, I would like to be able to see where the wilderness area is. And so the other program that I pull up simultaneously, and if you have two screens on your computer, it's really easy, um, is a program called Game Planner Maps. Um, I, I won the subscription to that, like a lifetime, <laughs> a lifetime like, I don't even know how long these guys will be in business, but I want a lifetime subscription to this Game Planner Maps for my one of my Eastman articles. It was our, double, it was our, Wyoming, our Wyoming double. Our Wyoming double. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I got some, I got the shaft. Yeah. Like, other guys are getting Zeiss Conquest binos and, like, all these cool things. And I'm like, what? I got this, <laughs> this map. I got on this thing, and I'm like, it took me all of, like, five minutes to be like, holy cow, this is... This is incredible. So the reason I like that and the reason I use it with Gohan is I can pull it up simultaneously and they you can overlay on the game planner maps. I can overlay the same exact hunting unit. So I can click on the elk units in Wyoming and it pops up all the elk units throughout the state on a like a Google Earth map, just like Gohan uses. Then I can filter through and I can add things that I can't add on Gohan. I can add things like water catchments. I can add things like all the roads, forest, BLM, uh, whatever other roads there are. Then I can also um, put the filter of all the designated wilderness, which in Wyoming is crucial because as a non-resident of Wyoming, I can't hunt the wilderness area as much as I would love to. I can't hunt it. And so with those two systems pulled up side by side, Gohan is telling me all of the things the statistics that I need to know. It's telling me generally what type of bulls I can look for in certain units. Cause I've never hunted Wyoming. 
It's telling me a percentage of public land. It's telling me how many points generally it's going to take to draw a certain unit. Um, and so I will filter down the things that I want to filter down on go hunt. Maybe I want 50% public land and I want a 25% kill statistics or whatever. Then I'll have the two maps side by side and I'll look at the, say there's five units left on the go hunt filter. I'll look over at the map on the game planner maps and then I'm really being able to tell, okay, these are the five units that I'm looking at and these two of those five have a huge roadless area that has no wilderness in it in Wyoming. Boom. Yep. And that is... That is 100, I mean, that is the my deepest, darkest secret that I can't believe I just told everyone. But that is the, it is the best system that I've ever found yeah. to be able to filter and say, not only is this a hunt that I want, it's got good bulls, I can draw it. Um, it's got this much public land, but also there's no roads in this 20 by 20. You can pull up um, burns. I can pull up burn history and it'll show me all the old burn scars um, man, you want to talk about just zeroing in on a spot that is money? Like, yeah. So basically, take Go Hunt, which if you don't have Go Hunt, it, it's worth it. It it really is worth it. It it is awesome. It it'll save you hours and hours. Narrow it down to a couple of units on Go Hunt, and then start digging in deep on the maps, and you know, and I try to find a backcountry. Yeah. You know, and, and and you don't have to have a subscription to Game Planner Maps. For me, it just made it it makes it convenient because I can literally do it all sitting in my you know in the one spot yeah. and I can see everything all at once. That I would ever I don't know that there's another filter that I would want to see really. Um, but if you didn't, you could have a physical map maybe or some other mapping system online. Google Maps. Google Maps maybe. Google Earth. Does it pull up roads though? Google Earth does. Google Earth does. Um, there's. There's the online version of Google Earth, and then there's the version that you can download to your, to your computer. What it can it show you designated wilderness? Um, I don't think so. So with Google Earth, the desktop one, you can download like overlays. Yeah. Um, like I know Huntful, they have um, state unit boundary overlays. So I'll get on there, download it, and then you can shows you the unit boundaries on Google Earth. Gotcha. But uh, so there, there's it, there's it, ways it does show you like wilderness areas and stuff, but yeah. it's not as specific as the game planner one. Yeah, that that game planner because it's the same mapping system. That's anyway. We'll move on from that. Well, but it's just incredible. I think another one to add on there too is Onyx Maps. That's your phone version and pretty much got all the same info. It's just on your phone. And I'm not as familiar with that. Is it? What, I've, I've used it. I, I don't like have a membership or anything, but I have used it. Um, it's it's actually getting quite a bit better. It shows you like every water supply, like guzzlers and things didn't, like that. And didn't they just partner with Eastman's? Yeah. To have an Eastman's overlay, so that 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 may be that may be a combination of what I'm talking about. If someone else that's listening knows or is familiar with that, it, it's I know it's new because they just announced it. So maybe no one has access to it yet. But that may be if. If Onyx already had all those things that Game Planner had, and then they couple that with Eastman's that has you know similar, you know similar statistics that Go Hunt has, where they can uh, 
you know, show you quality of bulls in a unit and what the, you know, and you can put those filters over one another, then that would be deadly as well. So, okay. Speaking of statistics, um, that's maybe the next thing. Once I narrow it down to a couple of units, then I'll, I'll start back checking and see on the back end, um, what these units look like as far as, you know, a lot of States will give out percentage of four point bucks that are killed. Like Nevada will do that. They'll give out percentage you know, so so of the bulls that were killed, the percentage of them that were six points, you know, so if, if I click on a unit and it's got, you know, 80% of the bulls killed were six-point bulls, my heck, that, you know, that's, I know that that's a quality unit. So um, then just, just general harvest statistics. Um, and we don't get too caught up on harvest statistics of a certain state or a hunt or whatever. If it, if it fits what we want and we, and we know for sure that there's, you know, good bulls or good bucks in there, um, you know, especially if it's archery or whatever, it doesn't matter. I, I don't get too caught up. Um, that being said, like if, if I'm, if I'm looking up a rifle deer tag, uh, that's in, you know, October in the backcountry and it's only got, you know, a, 17% kill statistic, like that's, that's getting a little low, you know, a rifle hunt should be higher than that, but an archery hunt, you know, anything, my heck, if it's 10 to 20%, that's fine. You know, some guys get really caught up and think, oh, that's yeah. But you know, are you in the, you in the top 20% of bow hunters <laughs> or are you not? And if, you know, if, and, and even if you're not, um, you know, we're, we're not probably, but you know, if you're willing to go work for it, you can probably, you know, push those odds in your favor. So we don't get too caught up on the actual harvest statistics of a unit, but it is something to look at and just make sure that nothing seems out of whack. You know, they're a rifle, a Utah limited entry rifle hunt in the middle of September shouldn't have a 7% kill statistic. Like that's it's a probably red flag. going to be a hundred. That's a red flag. It should be closer to a hundred than seven. So yeah. Um, percent public land. We talked about that. Oh, another, l let me back up. Um, because so on the, on the go hunt thing, they'll, they'll give you draw odds, right? And, and, and Nevada is a good example and we know it because we live here. So they'll get, they'll give you, let's say with five points, you've got a 60% chance of drawing a certain deer tag. Well, the problem with that is in Nevada, it's not, <laughs> It's not a straight line depreciation of percentages, right? So everything in Nevada is on a random draw. Now there's still bonus points and you still have a higher percentage chance of drawing each year because you're adding a point and then they square those points. And so you're really, you know, in theory, you're always going to have a better chance, but doesn't always, it doesn't always play, you know, they have to average all of those out, you know, so they'll filter, they'll trickle down from a hundred percent at say seven points and then four points, you know, or, uh, you know, five points and then four points was 80%. And then, you know, uh, three points was 60% and two points was 20% and one point was zero or whatever. They have to kind of average that out as they go down. Well, if anyone's looked up the kill or the draw odds in Nevada, it's all, it's a lot of times it's all over the board. We were just looking at a hunt the other day, an archery hunt in Nevada. And this was in 2016 because it's the latest uh, statistics they have up and it doesn't matter. But there was a hunt that you had a better chance that particular year, you had a better chance of drawing with like one point than you did two points yeah. or something like that. And so 
it 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 just can be deceiving. Yes, those those draw odds that they're going to put up for a state like Nevada are a really really good indicator and probably fairly accurate. But don't let it be the end all be all. We always back check that and see what the, what's actually going on. And then other states, um, for example, Wyoming, they give all the tags to the people at the top amount of points. So if if it takes five points to draw and you have five points, you're going to get a tag. Not all of them. They they have a breakdown, I think, in Wyoming because there's there are certain hunts that have a, a random draw as well. But well, yeah, I, mean, I know there's states that are like that, right? Um, so you're gonna Utah, yeah. U- Utah, for example, is a fifty fifty. So fifty if, go to the top, right? If they have a uh, if they have twenty tags that they're gonna give out for a certain elk hunt or whatever. Um, 10 of those tags are automatically going to go to the applicants who apply with the most bonus points. So if there's 10 guys that apply, say max points is 22 or whatever it is, and 10 people apply with 22 and there's 20 tags, those 10 are going to draw 100%. And then all the other 10 tags are still, bonus points are still taken into account, yep. but it's random it's throughout. Random there's no guarantee. So. Um, anyway, just a just a little side note to go back on those each state that you're looking at and actually dig into the state statistics and look at what the draw odds actually are. Um, that's really so one other we, we obviously you know access points um, that can be a big deal especially for backcountry hunts. Um, you know a lot of states they'll there will only be thirty percent public land. Um, and you know, 70% is private, but the only area, you know, we only want to hunt the 30% that happens to be public. You just have to make sure that to get to those mountain ranges, you're not landlocked by all the private land and they won't let you through. Um, most of the, the systems that we use, you know, go hunt, um, on X probably, um, they're going to have an indication of what the access points are like. And you can kind of look that up. Um, another thing that I, that I've done in the past before I actually apply for a hunt is I'll call a biologist, um, for that area in that state for that, you know, unit. Um, if you know nothing about it, if, yeah. And and that's the thing to remember is when you call a biologist, first of all, they get other phone calls. Second of all, you're not going to get specifics. And so it's just (laughs) general. He's not going to be like, there's a, I saw a 360 bull up this Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a big one you can go find, you know, if you want that, you got to go back and get those GPS buying programs that we talked about in our other podcast. (laughs) And and then you'll find that you'll get GPS location right (laughs) to the bull. Um, he'll be tied up at a tree and you can just (laughs) stick the arrow in him. Um, but, Biologists can be a good source of general to get a general idea of the actual unit. And so things that you would, so first of all, getting in contact with a biologist, very difficult. You know why? Because good biologists, especially they're not in the office, they're out in the field. And so this is how it usually goes. You usually call the girl, you know, or the, one of the secretary people will answer, Oh no, sorry. You know, Joe biologist isn't in, um, do you want me to send you to his voicemail? Yeah, please send me to his voicemail. Also, I would say, does he have an email that I could follow up with as well? Yeah, he has an email. Okay, then I'll leave a, I'll call, and if I don't get him, I'll leave a message. Hey, 
you know, had, just was really interested in talking to you about this, this uh, unit. If you can give me a call back, appreciate it. And then I'll send a follow-up email um, just to get his attention. Oh. That usually works. Eventually, they're going to call you back. You know, again, it's going to be probably two or three or a week or whatever days. Um, <coughs> things that you're going to ask a biologist, do not ask for specific locations. Do not ask, where do all the big bucks live? Or um, I think one thing that impresses them is if you've actually done a little bit of information uh, research and have kind of decided ahead of time that, hey, these are maybe the two or three uh, basins or drainages or trailheads that I'm going to be hiking into. And so you're not coming to him asking for his opinion. You're, you're trying to validate your own. Hey, what do you think about this spot? Right. You're trying to validate your own thing. And I think that goes a lot over a lot better with them. And so, um, the other thing is like, you know, general, general stuff about the species, what, you know, I've never hunted Wyoming before. What will the deer generally be feeding on in September on September 15th? And he'll tell you that, that that's as general as it can get. And so then I can look up antelope bitter brush or whatever he tells me, uh, maybe not in Wyoming up where we hunt, but in some spots, you know, and I can look up what that looks like. And then once I go into the unit, I'm, you know, I'm going to do some research and look for a bunch of bitter brush or whatever. And it's a really good starting point. Um, you know, where, you know, do, do you have an idea of where water sources would be if I headed into this drainage or something like that? Just don't, don't get into specifics get a good trick is to just get them talking with really broad, safe, general questions. That's not intrusive. And you would be surprised, I'm telling you, you'll be surprised at how much they will open up if you don't come across immediately as a guy who is asking for honey holes and secret spots and the, you know, the best, where's all the 200 inch bucks at? And then they'll start telling you, hey, you know, we're outside checkout is this spot. And you go, oh, geez, I'd never looked at that. And you look at the map and you realize, holy cow, that is a good spot. And there's no roads. And then you've got a little trick yeah. there. Same goes for like online forums because oh. you know there's always that guy that I, I don't really get on forums anymore i used to spend a lot of time but you can still get good info but don't just be the guy that just shows up on the first post and asking everyone where to hunt yeah this is how that post goes oh hey i know it's my first post and i'm really sorry uh, for <laughs> that but but i'm gonna go ahead and ask anyway you know I'm looking at, you know, hunting region G in Wyoming and, you know, was wondering if you guys could post up all your pictures of your 200 inches that you've killed in region G. Thanks. Yeah. Or I'm looking for some good starting spots, not, not looking for any honey holes. Yeah, not and then they'll put the honey holes in, <laughs> in, uh, uh like, quotes. Yeah. That's exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't be that guy. Um, maybe first, get on there and say, Hey, I've looked at these spots, and what do you guys think of here, here, and here? If you look over to the right on your thing and you don't have at least 20 posts, this is 50 posts. If you don't have 50 posts in that <laughs> forum, this is what you're allowed to do. You're allowed to get on and actually provide value for everyone else for however long it takes to get to 50 posts. Actually get on and look through the states that you've hunted or the species that you like and actually help someone else out before you ask for something in return first, right? If you want a friend, be a friend first. 
So 50 posts, and then you can start asking. <laughs> That's about, a rule. That's our new rule. Um, yeah, just just be be aware of you know that other people have put in a lot of time and you know that's you know we spend hours and people have spent years and years learning areas and for you just to come in and say hey you know i saw some 200 incher from you know arizona posted on here and tell me where the big bucks hang out is just it's not going to go over well so one last thing um another little trick is you know it's it's fairly easy to determine generally you know uh, you hear two or three people on a forum or something rattle off where they're hunting we will one thing that we'll do is if there's a unit that is getting a lot of publicity right say that there's a popular antelope unit in a certain state and guys are just knocking down 90 inch antelope um, but it's going to take uh, you know, 10 points to draw that antelope unit. Well, we really want to hunt, you know, in the next couple of years and we still want to hunt good antelope, but there's a unit right next door to that unit that we, we've, we realized, Oh, this is where, you know, these guys are hunting, but there's a unit that's right next door or adjacent that you could draw with two points, check that unit out. And sometimes it's not worth the extra eight points that it's going to take you to wait because you might be able to hunt, you know, 80 inch antelope on one unit. And instead of, you know, waiting eight more points to hunt 85 inch antelope on a certain unit, you know what I'm saying? So be aware of certain, you know, units in certain States and be smart enough to look and say, Oh man, you know, I think they're killing big bucks here. Um, this, this mountain range is literally connected. And so, I'll bet you if I hike into this other mountain range and hunt right on the border of that other unit that I could probably, you know, be in some pretty good hunting for, uh, you know, half as many points or whatever sometimes. So anything else, Jason, that you want to add to that? Um, I've, I've literally given away every secret that I can think of. Uh, um, The secret is there's no secret. There is no secret. You just, you know, we're all trying to get an advantage and, you know, you just, you got to do it the right way. And, and uh, sometimes you just got to do it by trial and error. Um, I mean, Colorado, we did Colorado last year for a unit that we thought was going to be good. And that was definitely an error. And I don't know if it was the winter kill or the fact that we went like two weeks after opening day, but it was not. And that that's another thing. I think um, things like go hunt kind of take a, take it with a grain of salt because, um, I mean, that unit, it told us 190 inch plus was pretty common there. And I mean, and it took us a fair amount of points yeah, relative I mean, to some of the other hunts in Colorado and don't get us wrong. I mean, you know, it's not, that's not go hunts fault or anything and not saying that there's not 190s oh, yeah. that were and, in there. And like I said, it might've just been the year. Um, but yeah, nothing, you know, sometimes it'll say, 160 inch plus and i've personally hunted those units and i know that there's 180s in there so you know just don't completely rely right on one source i would make sure you look over everything yeah and that's and and that's the good ending point is all this is you know we can we can rattle off these tricks and you know all these little programs that we use um 
boots on the ground, optics on the hills, glassing, being up at dawn, being staying up till the last minute of light. That's how you really know for sure what a hunt's like, what the unit's like, where the water actually is, um, you know, what type of feeds there were, what type, how many deer in the area and all that kind of stuff. You know, if, if you're basing everything like we did, we based everything off of not being in the unit and we should have made a scouting trip over there before that. Um, then, you know, then you're asking for it, honestly. Um, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. So, I mean, there's, there's tons of examples of, I mean, just one off the top of my head, like Brady Miller, uh, he hunts a unit that um, most people would consider like a 160 type. I mean, that's about as good as you're going to get. And he went in there a couple years ago, killed like a 180. So, but he, he's scouting it every single week. And yeah, I mean, that, that's just an example. There's tons of guys like that, but so. Thanks for tuning in. Um, want to plug again real quick. Uh, don't forget about the Hunt Expo coming up um, this week. It'll be uh, this week, the 8th through the 11th of February, up in Salt Lake at the Salt Palace uh, downtown. If you've never been to the Hunt Expo, it is, I think it's a riot. I look forward to it more than almost hunting. Um, it's in, I, 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 uh, called it the family reunion of, of the hunting world. And anyone who is from a redneck family like me knows that there's just as many people in your family that are crazy that you don't like as there are people that you love to see. And that's what, that's <laughs> what makes it great is the hunt expo brings all of us, uh, generally all of us together. And so don't, don't, uh, <laughs> don't go there looking for trouble or you know looking to to uh cause problems but if there's someone you don't like just yeah turn your cheek and go the other way it's like grandma bambro our grandma used to always say um (laughs) if you what is that uh thumper if you can't say something nice don't Don't say say anything at all and that's good words to live by but (laughs) we would love to see you guys up at the expo um not only are we doing our seminars where we will be giving away what's becoming a pile, a literal pile of gear um, stacking up from all of our partners. Um, Are we cool to say all that? We can probably say all that. Um, A pair of boots from Crispy, um, a specific hunting jacket from First Light, uh, at least a knife, maybe a couple knives from Kestrel, Mm -hmm. a elk shape combo from mountain ops i think we will have a, another sunto watch possibly a sunto watch am i missing anything i have not confirmed with kafaru but i would be surprised if they don't throw something into um so but but you have to you have to come to the seminar to to get that stuff <laughs> Um, just coming, will get your name in the hat. Um, you don't, you won't have to do anything beyond that, but there will also be two secret ways to get your name in the hat more times. If you come to the seminar and we'll tell you about those at the seminar Friday night at 5 30 PM in room 150 G, we're going to be talking about gear that you take in your backcountry pack, which is near and dear to our hearts. 
And by far the question that we get asked the most is on gear. Yeah. Why this? Why that? What are you taking? What food? What stove? What tent? What boots? What pack? What this and that? It's nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I anticipate that Friday night one being the big one. Um, and then Saturday morning again in the same room. So go out and party Friday night, but don't stay up too late. Be back at 10 a.m. on Saturday because you're not going to want to miss our Pack Llama seminar. We uh, are going to be talking about utilizing pack animals. It'll be Pack Llama heavy, but we'll also talk on horses, mules, uh, uh, drop camps from outfitters, how to utilize that. Goats And too. pack goats too. So, so if you're a pack goat expert, then please show up and yeah, you can. Yeah. I've, I've got some things up my sleeve there. We might be able to work something out. So anyway, then we'll have our booth on the floor of the expo, booth number 3553. We're back in, if you've been there recently in the last year or two, we're actually back in the extended area, which is really where the party's at because it seems to be like, Total Archery Challenge is back there. Mountain Ops. Uh, I think Hoyt's back there. Um, it, it's just kind of the filtering through the plate, kind of the spots that I like to be. There's a lot of them back there. Um, I can't remember who else has got a booth, but I know there's quite a few back there. So 3553, come find us. We No joke, we love talking about this stuff. Um, we would be talking about it anyway, so you might as well might as well be talking to you about it. So come, come find us, shake our hand. We'd love to meet you guys. Um, give us your feedback on the podcast. Love it. Hate it. This is stupid. It's the best thing ever. Come let us know what we can do better. Love to talk to you. And I think that's a wrap. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackCountry.com.